It's time for your weekly hot mug of coffee talk with your host, Jonathan Harmon. Good morning, everybody. It's Jonathan Harmon with the J. Harmon Home Team, powered by Keller Williams, with my friend, Dr. Gloria Bonner here. We've Good been, morning. We've been working on getting this scheduled now since, uh, what, January or so? Or so. Yeah, maybe <laughs> even before that, right? It's been a little bit. It and uh, you're just so dang busy doing helping everybody else that uh, no. it just took us a while. I'm proud of you. <laughs> you're growing. We are. You are growing, and I'm so excited to be a witness to your growth as, as a citizen of, of Rutherford County. Well, thank you. I see the growth in you as a father. You are an amazing father. Thank you. And you're always going to be a teacher, and you're teaching so many people. And see, this is exactly why we're interviewing you. I'm <laughs> blushing here. And uh, so let me, I'm going to tell them real quick okay. how, how our relationship would have started, okay? Okay. So many moons ago, I was a, um, an elementary ed major at MTSU, and, uh, and I had to do a practicum. I did two of them. One at... Um, I think at the time it was called Mitchell Nielsen. And it, yes. is that what's it called now? It still is. Uh huh. We okay. have Mitchell Nielsen Primary and Mitchell Nielsen Elementary. Is that the one directly behind campus on Greenland? Or what is that one called? No, that's um, the Discovery School. And what was it called? Reeves Rogers. Reeves Rogers. Yes. I knew it was two names. I just couldn't remember which two names. That's where it was. I did one there okay. and I did one at uh, campus school. Right. At, at Pittard Campus School. Okay. And um, so in getting set up for that, I had to come in and talk with your office. And then fast forward several years and I got a master's in business ed and you helped mm-hmm. set up the uh, student teaching that's for that. Right. That's so, right. So... Um, fantastic uh, resource there on campus Um, and that's how I got to know you at the beginning and then you know years elapse Uh and uh, I I get involved a little bit with the Main Street organization sure and uh, you and I reconnect through there with uh, with Kathleen and um, and then we've been buddies since and then Brett turns around and joins your Rotary Club Rotary Club so we're always going to be connected Jonathan I know it I'm okay with that by the way it's it's good to be associated with good people you know and uh, so let's talk real quick about about you and your history and and how Dr. Bonner came to to be the Dr. Bonner oh wow well listen and I'm excited because in two days I will be celebrating my birthday. Yeah? No, one day. 55? No. (laughs) I'll be 69 years old. No way. August 28th. Well, happy early birthday. Cheers. What an amazing journey. Thank you. Here, here. (laughs) And I grew up in Murfreesboro. Uh, I remember the Rutherford Hospital. And, uh, and and fortunately now, I serve on their board of directors. Can you believe that? How crazy is so, that? You know. So I, you were born there. I was born there. And now you're on their board of directors. I'm on their board of directors. That's like an alpha omega kind of thing, isn't it? <laughs> let's let's hope it's not the very. End. It's not quite <laughs> omega, right? <laughs> but um, as you know, I am a product of. Murfreesboro, Rutherford County. Mm-hmm. So, and I have two, I was raised by two amazing parents. And I think about, my mom is still living. 
and if the Lord wills, she'll be 89 years old, October 14th. Wow. So we're just excited for her. But my parents were a powerful influence in the community in which I grew up in. Sure. And that's the Patterson Park community. Mm -hmm. I grew up on the Bond Street projects. So Bradley Elementary, Holloway High School, Patterson Park, all of that area was very influential in my growth and development. And that area has has blossomed, and it just it continues has, to blossom. It has, and and I'm so proud when I hear tennis balls uh, on the tennis court because my parents were the ones when we were growing up that taught the kids the tennis. Oh, really? Like tennis, and we had to be good enough to compete in Nashville at Hadley Park. Oh. We also had swimming pool there. Yeah. And my parents taught swimming to kids. And what an indoor pool they have now. That facility is beautiful. I know. And here's what's interesting. See, I've lived so long now. Uh, uh, Mayor Joby Jackson appointed me on that committee to refurbish Patterson Park. So that's how we were able to convince taxpayers we needed a swimming pool because of the legacy of swimming there in that community. That's fantastic. And uh, so it's just been such an exciting I've already learned stuff, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) This is spectacular. It was an outdoor pool. And some there were special days, and you could go into the pool with tops from Coca-Cola bottles. Uh, but I have just had a rich, rich experience growing up. Started at Bradley. Now, our principal was Mrs. Emma G. Roberts. She was the first principal of Bradley. And I was in the first full class of Bradley Elementary when it opened in 1956. So we started in first grade and we completed eighth grade there. Oh wow. So once you complete eighth grade, then you go to Holloway. And that was really exciting. But I had great experiences at at Bradley, wonderful teachers. Uh, My first grade teacher was Miss Sadie Jones. My second grade teacher, Miss Bertha Winsett. My third grade teacher was in a wheelchair. Her name was Miss Lily Bell Whitaker. And she had such a powerful influence in our lives. I can still remember the scripture, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. I learned that from Miss Lily Bell Whitaker. And then I had fourth grade Miss Ola G. Hutchins, and fifth grade I had Miss Cotton. She was a teacher from, from Nashville, from Tennessee State University, and we all wanted to be like Miss Cotton. Plus, she was the music teacher. Nice. Then I had Miss Susie Rucker, sixth grade, and um, had Miss Martha Kennard, seventh grade, and Miss Gray in eighth grade. It was a great experience. So I can still name all of my teachers as well. And, yes. and it's so funny because it's obvious that, yes. that they had impact on you to be an educator, as educators, to, to create right. an educator. And That's it's the same right. for me. And, you know, it's, like, it's just weird to me when people can't remember all of their teachers. I know. And then, but there's so many people that are like, yeah, I went to school. 
You know what yeah. I mean? And that was that's the extent yeah. of the of the conversation. Uh-huh. Um, but that seems to be more the norm rather than to be able to sit here and say, I know, I know. It's and, interesting. And you can remember all the great qualities of mm-hmm. each of those. Teachers. Oh, my second grade teacher. Uh-huh. She was mean as a snake. And I mean, it was the only time in my life I ever got an F mm-hmm. in second grade because my handwriting was so terrible. I got an F in handwriting, and it's still terrible, by the way. And um, but I remember the structure yes. and and the rigidity of it. And because of that, I gained it. There was a, and I didn't realize it, of course, at the time, but an appreciation for uh, structure. And then it was balanced with, you know, my first grade teacher. She was, I mean, she was a disciplinarian like you wouldn't believe. Right. But then my third grade teacher was that lovey, huggy, oh, wow. you know, and so it was like this perfect. <laughs> yes. Uh, balance. Exactly. There's a balance. Yes. There. So. Like bookends. Yes, uh-huh. exactly. And when we went to school at Bradley, we had to recite a pledge every day. And we started the pledge with, upon my honor, I will do my best to uphold the ideals of Bradley Elementary School. I love Isn't it. Isn't that something? I love it. <laughs> that is fantastic. And then years later, Mrs. Roberts, who became my mentor as an educator, sent a copy of that pledge to me in handwriting. And that is what I have uh, framed and hanging in my office today. Oh, that's fantastic. It's, it's just a treasure. It is. Just a treasure. And then, of course, high school. You know, those elementary, those high school years, fun, fun years where you're uh, working on establishing your identity, you're creating mm-hmm. lifelong friends from mm-hmm. those experiences, and you're getting involved in all of those extracurricular activities. Sure, you're 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 honing what has has sort of been molded, and now you're you're going okay. Is really what I'm interested in. That's right. That's right. And we were known for that great marching band, the Holloway High School High Stepping Marching Band. Oh yeah. And I played first clarinet in the band, in the marching band, and also in the symphony. Wow. So just. So you really are multi-talented. Do you still play the clarinet? I don't. I I donated my clarinet to Bradley Academy Museum. Gotcha. And my family's grateful that I did that. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you could pick it up and within a day you could be right back on it. You could be high stepping down uh, down this down. Uh, oh no! Church Street. It'd no. be spectacular. Oh, no. But those were great days. And see, our colors were red and black. Oh, okay. So, um, and and here's the thing about Holloway. It started really in 1927, and it closed. We were the last class to close Holloway, 1968, there were, uh, due to integration. Mm-hmm. So when, uh, whenever we were a part of any parade, people would just flock to see us march. And uh, it, was, it wasn't like Central, or was it? It, it was. You, you know, there were only two high schools in, in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County. Central High School Mm -hmm. on Main Street, and then Holloway. On then, it was called High Street, but now it's called Highland Avenue. Yeah, and then other than that, in the county, you had Smyrna High School and Eagleville. Well, even then, students from Smyrna were bused to Holloway. 
So if you live oh, in Cannon County, or yes, at Walter Hill, um, Halls Hill Pike, which was called Shiloh then, it did not matter. You, uh, you even were, Cannon County. Yes, you were bus no to Holloway. So, so we, separate but equal, not really all that equal. Not huh? really equal, but what a great opportunity! So here's what I did with our 50th year anniversary. I hosted an all-school senior prom at the Embassy Suites and invited all the classes back, and and we had a ball. Over 400 people came in no from all over way. the country. So it, it was exciting. That is awesome. <laughs> to celebrate that rich legacy, yeah. the football team, it was a, like a state championship team mm -hmm. for African Americans. We've had amazing, you know, we were such, it was such a rich experience. People like Wilma Rudolph ran on, actually ran on the track of Holloway High School from Clarksville during her high school years. You are kidding. Yes. That's, I just so, got chills. That's awesome. <laughs> and we have, um, uh, one of our students, Robert James, a former principal with Rutherford County Schools, who was an all-pro football player with the New York Jets for nine years. No way. So just great people. Now, great people. when did Holloway reopen? I, I cannot remember when it reopened as an alternative school, but prior to that, the main facility where the classrooms were and the, and the, the office, the cafeteria, was uh, demolished. It was unannounced within the community. And when the word got out that the bulldozers were there to demolish the main building, our fathers got in trucks and ran up to the school to salvage all of the high school pictures that hung on the wall. So they didn't even clear out? No, nothing. You've got to be So kidding. we lost all of our trophies, all of those things, the records, student records, but it, were it not for our dads in the community. Tell so, me there's a book somewhere about this I history. I know. We, you know, that's something we need to work on. Yeah, Frank Caperton is watching, by the way. Do you okay. know Frank? I do. So I, I think do. the Historical Society needs to yes. take a project on. Well, Frank was there uh, Saturday. We had the uh, unveiling of the uh, historical marker to commemorate the rich tradition of Holloway, and Frank was there. See, I didn't know any of this stuff. Yes. And, and it needs to, I it know. Needs to it be needs recorded. It needs to live on. Absolutely. It's, it's a living history. And you know, you know, Holloway now in its current incarnation mm -hmm. is is an invaluable resource as it well. Is. And, and you know, it I was in, I was a teacher at Blackman High School, and um, you know, it, it's it's so interesting perspective and perception. Um, I remember when I was in high school, and it was like, oh, they're going to get sent to Holloway, you know, and it's right. like like it was a punishment. Yes. And and in some ways, it is it's a reaction to whatever that student presents. But the reality is now, it is a resource. It's and a it is valuable a, resource. And and some kids, that is that is how they're going That's to right. be successful. That's right. And and I love working with the principal, Miss Samatra Drayton, and one of my former students is now assistant principal there, Dr. Joel Rowlett. I, so, I didn't oh, know that's where know. he was. Yes, he's there. Yeah, so, he was a math teacher when I was in high school right. at Smyrna. That's right. 
So yeah. I just I didn't enjoyed know that's where he working was. with him. And last year I had the privilege of attending the prom, Holloway High School's prom at Doubletree Hotel. Nice. So we still stay connected. But as I said on Saturday, um, one of the things we've got to do is bridge the gap between old Holloway because there are a lot of Holloway High School Trojans still living and we love our school. So we're, we're going to work on bridging that gap so that the students can gain a different appreciation for who we are and, so, and help us to gain a, a different appreciation for what they need to help give them an extra sure. boost. Yeah, because there's, there's some parallels there as yes. far as um, I guess maybe the way society at the moment yes. views the students at that school. Exactly. Yeah. And here's what was amazing. Holloway High School was named after a local attorney, Mr. E.C. Holloway. And my mom, even at her age, remembers that the Holloway family would always come to the Holloway High School athletic events. So on Saturday during the uh, commemoration activities, we invited the Holloway family. There were four generations represented. Oh, yes. wow. How, How cool. exciting. Uh-huh. So I've, I've suggested gently to John Thomas Holloway, who is local, uh, suggested that maybe we should sponsor some scholarships for our students who attend now and make it possible for them to continue their post-secondary education. And, and I think this is super important, and, and I mm -hmm. so appreciate that you're sharing this because what makes a community yes. is common history, exactly. right? And, mm -hmm. and to be able to, um, to make that connection, and uh, let, me, let me see if I can form what I'm trying to say here. Um, a lot of times, the students that, that get sent to Holloway, right, right they, they tend to feel marginalized. They tend to be like, well, this is my last chance kind of thing. Right. And for them to realize, mm -hmm. man, there is a rich, rich history. You here. are part of something yes. so much bigger than you That's right. that, that, you, that, mm -hmm. that the vast majority of people aren't even really aware of. That's right. Right. And to uh -huh. be able to connect and be proud of the school that right. you're at and be, you know, to go out and to, to say, hey, I graduated from Holloway. Right. And somebody did to go, oh, and they go, oh no, oh is yes, the right answer. Like, exactly. That's awesome. And that's the story I tell them. I share that story with them all the time because they not only represent Holloway 21st century, but they represent Holloway 20th century. Yeah. And we love our school. Yeah. Oh, so. that's fantastic. <laughs> so we just encourage them to walk in their greatness. That's right. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm fired up now. <laughs> What are we going to do? Let's go do something about it. We are. We're working on it. Hey, We're working count me on in. it. Okay. I, I might be a Smyrna graduate, but that doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. So. Yes. All right. It's so exciting. Holloway it's, High School. Right. You are a, a high-stepping clarinet player. I am. And then you go to? Uh, I go to uh, MTSU, Middle uh -huh. Tennessee State University. That's right. In 1968. It was, um, and I felt so 
prepared because we had outstanding teachers at Holloway High that always instilled in us the importance of, of being prepared in the subject area. And then they taught so many valuable life lessons. So it was just a no-brainer because I lived on First Avenue, which is about two and a half blocks from Middle Tennessee State University. Right. So when you're it, practically in President yes, McPhee's front yard exactly. now, or whoever the president was exactly. at the time. And the president at the time was Dr. Mel Scarlett. And we became such good friends, even um, during the time that I worked there, but especially as a student, because you know, in the 60s, that was the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. So we'd go and protest in front of his yard, and he'd come out at two o'clock in the morning with his little pajamas on and his robe, and he'd let us sing all those We Shall Overcome songs and be so calm about it. And he'd let us get it out of our system. And he said, now, are you done now? Will you go back to bed so we can talk later? We'll talk in the morning. <laughs> Thank you for, for the, for the, uh, yes. the lullaby. <laughs> it was so instrumental in That's the good. success of the integration on the campus. And just the right person mm -hmm. for for that presidency at the time. That's awesome. Yeah. He That's never awesome. overreacted. He was and always a listener. Isn't that isn't that kind of like the big stories from the civil yes. rights movement? That's it right. seems like they're always surrounded by overreaction and over um, I guess a lack of truly intelligent listening and talking. Yes. You That's know? true. That's like, true. I mean, it really, the reality is it's really not that difficult of a problem other than the fact that humans made it a difficult problem. Exactly. It's really kind of simple, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there is not a difference here, right? <laughs> I mean, let's just start from there. Yeah, we're all in this together. That's right. We're let's just start from there. This and this gets really simple. Yes, yes. <laughs> And we were taught that even at Holloway High, my principal was Mr. Collier Robert Woods. And he was the last principal who went on during uh, integration to uh, be an assistant principal either at Riverdale or Oakland. I can't remember right now. But uh, his daughter and I were best, best friends. And uh, the experiences we, we, he provided for us to be to feel confident in making sure we were prepared to go to college. She went to Vanderbilt. She got a scholarship from um, Shell Oil Company uh, to Vanderbilt and majored in nursing. Oh wow! And I attended MTSU on scholarship and majored in education. And so, was it the influences knowing your first yes. grade through? I mean, is that yes. which one? Tell me which one was like, okay, this is this is who I want to emulate. They were all someone that, you know, there were qualities about each of them. I had a math teacher. She was Mrs. Herlene Finch Scott, and she just took me under her wings. Then I had Miss uh, Miss Kennard Beeman. She was a sister. Miss Sophie Kanad was a sister to Miss Martha Kanad, my seventh grade teacher. Uh -huh. And Miss uh, Beeman 
became my business teacher. And she always taught us, you've got to type at least 52 words a minute. And <laughs> she would take us to UT Knoxville to compete oh, uh, wow. with all the other high schools then. And then I had Miss Pearlie Mae Martin, who taught us home economics, Mr. William Butler, who taught us civics, and Mr. Woods, our principal, also taught us algebra. He was a genius when it came to algebra. So we were so prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I'll tell you some of my MTSU stories uh -huh. and talking about being prepared. The Literally the first class mm -hmm. I ever sat in at MTSU was a Biology 100 class with Dr. Sarah Barlow. Oh, yes. You know Dr. Barlow. Oh, I know her well. And, uh, and there's 100 kids in this class, right? And I walk in, and I'm I, first of all, I'm overwhelmed by the fact that I'm sitting in a 100-person classroom. <laughs> And then I look down and I see Dr. Sarah Barlow on my thing, on my schedule, and I look at the book, and she's the author of the stinking book. And I'm like, what is going on? This is going to be so hard. Um, but I had Miss um, Morales, uh, Julie Morales at Smyrna High School was my uh, biology teacher, and she prepared me exceptionally well. Oh, yeah. You know, we didn't always see eye to eye in the classroom because I was kind of ornery, as you can probably imagine. <laughs> And uh, I take full responsibility Those for that. Those are my most fun students. All right. Well, I don't know that I was her most fun, that's for sure. But, uh, but I, I sat in the class. And, and to Dr. Barlow's credit, she's a phenomenal instructor. She is. Um, and she's my husband's favorite instructor. Yeah? They, they just have a special bond. She's great. Uh -huh. And she, you know, she still shows up to, to exactly. all the things. And, and, and her and Mr. Barlow are... Just, they're just fantastic human yeah, beings. Yeah, so, exactly, um, exactly. Anyway, so that was my very first uh, college class. And my very second college class uh -huh. was um, uh, 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 Intro to Mass Communication with um, Larry Burris, Dr. Oh, Burris. Okay. And now he is a character. He's amazing. He is a character. And I can't tell you exactly the words that he used because this is a family program. But um, he came in, and it was an honors class, uh -huh. and he starts out with a lesson on the First Amendment. And he says, what is the First Amendment? And there's 20 of us in there, and, and somebody spoke up. And he's, he's quite intimidating in front of the class. And, uh, and we say, well, it means that you can say whatever you want. And he says, oh, really? <laughs> and, uh, and he launches into a tirade that includes every word that you should never wow. say. And he goes, and he goes, <laughs> So does it really mean you can say whatever you want? And, and I'm telling you, Dr. Bonner, we're all flabbergasted. We're all sitting there going. And he goes, so what does it really mean? Not really, right? huh? It was, it was a fantastic lesson. And, and his point is you can say what you want without government repercussion. That doesn't mean you don't get societal and, oh, sure. and other types of repercussions. That's right. And I mean, the point was exceptionally well taken, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sure it was for shock value as well, just to, <laughs> just to say welcome to college. That's Larry. That's Larry. <laughs> we were together last week at Hobby Lobby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's, he's a, he was a great instructor and, and so energetic in and there. And he's not retired. No. Can you believe he's a, Is he a department chair? or? Uh, he was at one time. He's just always been in leadership roles, mm -hmm. even with the Board of Regents system. So oh, gotcha. we just really, he's highly respected among his colleagues. Well, I, uh -huh. I very much respect him as a, yeah. as a professor. He was, it was, it was quite the lesson. <laughs> I mean, to think that I, I mean, uh -huh. that is one lesson that I'll never forget. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. 
Anyway, so. Well, did you ever have Jan Hayes, Dr. Jan Hayes, mm -hmm. in, in education? Well, Dean Hayes. Mm -hmm. uh, coach Dean Hayes. The famed is, track coach. Yes, the yes. legendary Dean Hayes. That's right. Uh, I had Jan and Dean, okay? And Wait, that I sounds know, like a musical group, doesn't it? sounds like a musical. <laughs> they, they are just an amazing couple, and they've been a part of my family for 50 years or more. Wow. Uh -huh. Still connected to those two. That's awesome. So I just love them. Jan Hayes was such a phenomenal instructor. I believe I took five educa education classes from her. Wow. And, and about that many from Dean. Because, see, Dean was not only a coach, he was on the faculty. In, I didn't know um, that. Uh, it was. It is currently helping him performance, but in in the uh, department, physical education department. Maybe. Gotcha. Uh -huh. Now I had uh, I had Dr. Terry Weeks. Yes. Um, that was Terry was a, and I went to school together. Oh, what a great instructor! And had the honor of working with. Him. He was a National Teacher of the Year, right? Yes. Uh huh. Around 1988 or 89, mm -hmm. but just a phenomenal person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Really, not only that in the classroom, but he was also exceptional with accreditation. So we worked together with accreditation for teacher education. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great instructor. Yes. So, all right. So you go to MTSU. Uh, mm -hmm. You you know you go through the civil rights movement there. Right. After graduation from MTSU, where, where does Dr. Bonner go? I get a job with Murfreesboro City Schools. Mr. Baxter Hopgood was the superintendent at mm -hmm. the time. And initially when I, because I graduated the summer of 72, uh, all of the job, the application job positions were taken. Uh, and so there was an opening as a teacher's assistant. I was assigned as a teacher's assistant at Bradley Elementary School for about five days. That's during the in-service training. And then there was a position that came open for fifth grade, and um, that's how I got assigned to Mitchell Nielsen Elementary wow. under Bob Crowder, an exceptional principal. And uh, Mitchell Nielsen was an outstanding school, had the lowest teacher turnover in the system. So you were very Everybody fortunate. Everybody wanted huh? to be there. Yes. That's uh -huh. awesome. Uh-huh. Had outstanding students. Just great students. And I still enjoy um, watching them continue to grow. Even now, like Greg Tidwell, I, he was my fifth grade student at Bell Jewelers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Alan Farley, uh -huh. the Election Commission. Uh, Sandy Moss. Mitchell, Jack Mitchell's wife. You know, you just, you never forget your students. You right. always remember them. And uh, they are as adorable now as they were then. We had fun. We had fun. I 100% <laughs> believe that. So at what point did you, so you're, you're teaching fifth grade. Fifth grade. I taught fifth grade at Mitchell Nielsen for seven and a half years. Now, I met my husband on campus at MTSU. I was going to ask Coach that. Ray Bonner. At the time, he was a member of the legendary Mod Squad. They're celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. <laughs> so uh, he was instrumental along with his best friend, Ed Edmund Miller, 
they were instrumental in integrating MTSU football. They were the first two African Americans to scholarship in football no at MTSU. Wow. Now, let's go back and, and let me share with you the history of integration of um, athletics at MTSU. Mm -hmm. Dean Hayes comes to MTSU and recruits a young man from Holloway High School. Robert Lee Mallard was the first African American to um, receive a scholarship in athletics, track and track. Really? At MTSU. Yes. Wow. Uh, rich history. But I met my husband. So Dean Hayes is a maverick too, he huh? He is a maverick. And his <laughs> wife was. You know, I gravitated to Jan because, not only because of her teaching style, you knew the content when you were done, but also it was a comfort zone for me because she was so receptive to teaching uh, the diversity at the university, she embraced it, she and Dean both. And even, even in an institute of higher learning at that time, mm -hmm. I'm sure there was still some discomfort, even amongst yes. the most enlightened. Exactly. They might have been like, ooh, I'm not sure. Right, especially if you're the only African American in most of your classes. Sure. So you look for people in leadership roles who would embrace your presence. And Jan and Not Jan. just tolerate. Yes. Right? Yes. They did that for me. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So I sought them out every chance oh, I Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. So they're still family to us. That's beautiful. Isn't that amazing? It is. So I met my husband during my uh, graduating semester session. It was summer school. And he had an, another year left in, in uh, his eligibility for football. And... But, Here's another Holloway connection. My senior year at Holloway, we graduated on a Thursday evening, evening, May 23rd, 1968. There was this young man who was a professor from Minneapolis, Minnesota, who was our keynote speaker, because he and our principal were classmates together at Tennessee State University. His name was Professor Arthur C. Hill. I didn't know it at the time, but um, five years later, I met his nephew and married him. <laughs> that is awesome. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? There has to be some kind of uh, hand of intervention in there, huh? What are the chances? That's fantastic. I know, I know. But Raymond is, uh, my husband is from Franklin County and uh, I never saw him play football. He was the first African-American to be drafted in the NFL from, from MTSU. Really? Mm -hmm. So... Um, so what you're saying is he's kind of a stud. Well, he, he sort of tries to convince us <laughs> that as he's taking out the trash or washing the dishes, right? He's a stud with limitations. <laughs> he's How about regular, that? <laughs> but he's had an amazing influence, and that's another person you should uh, interview. Yeah. Because after my years at Mitchell Nielsen, uh, once he finished um, playing football with Detroit Lions, he went into the Navy, he and Edmund Miller, uh, we then decided that Atlanta, DeKalb County, Georgia, 
which is about 12 miles outside of southeast of, of uh, Atlanta. We took a job, teaching jobs there with the Cap County. You know schools. that my first teaching job was in Cobb County? Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. I taught at uh, McEachern High School in Powder Springs. Oh, wow. Sure oh, wow. Did. It's an exciting area, isn't it? Is. It? it is. Isn't it? So I, I, we, we accepted jobs there. He became a coach at Columbia High School. Um, and, and you should interview him about the impact that he still has on the lives of, of students there. Yeah. My job was to just keep them fed, just to keep them fed and keep them focused on academics. His kids were blue chip athletes and everybody in the state of Georgia, if they wanted to really prove themselves athletically, they had to beat uh, Ray Bonner's team. Wow. Mm -hmm. And he sent kids all to all the top schools in the country, like University of Georgia. He sent so many kids to University of Georgia, they called him Ray Dog. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. Yes. You know, you just touched on something uh -huh. that's so, it was relevant then and it's still relevant now. Mm -hmm. You spent you spent your time keeping kids fed just so that they could yes. focus. Exactly. And you know that they teach the, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Right. And so many kids are in survival mode those basic all needs, the time. Those basic needs. You know, and, and we're yes. doing a lot of stuff now um, within the, the two school systems here in Rutherford County mm -hmm. with, you know, summer feed programs and the, the, the essentially survival packs that they exactly. can take home on weekends. those and, backpacks yeah. with, the, with the food in them. It's, uh, it's crazy it, that that's is. an issue that's in right. 2019, even, isn't it? Even now. But it speaks to um, the humanity of this community mm -hmm. that we are still and we have a heart for people who are in need. So it's just an honor to be able to provide those resources it is. in every way. And it, it's really eye-opening um, just to, just to like, again, even know that that's an issue that, right. that has to be addressed. Exactly. Because, I mean, you can't expect a kid to sit and focus on a concept when their stomach's growling that's and has true. been growling for three days. That's true. And, and that's the beauty of the breakfast program, mm -hmm. when the schools can get the, the funding to make sure that kids have access to food, especially uh, in the mornings and even during the summer. The chow bus, I love to see yep. the chow bus riding throughout our community. It's great, isn't yes, it? Yes, exactly. So, uh -huh. all right, so you're in DeKalb County. In DeKalb County because I earned my bachelor's degree from MTSU, my master's degree, as well as my specialist degree. So I had started working on my doctorate when we relocated to Georgia, mm -hmm. which meant I would commute in during the summer and take a full load each year. Oh, wow. Exactly. So you commuted from DeKalb back to here? It, in, during the summer months. Wow. Mm -hmm. And enrolled in school at Tennessee State And so State where's, your, where's your doctorate from? From Tennessee State University. Gotcha. It was a new doctoral program, so a lot of the courses that I needed for my degree were not developed yet. So uh, the dean at the time was Dr. Doug Simpson. He went later uh, relocated to TC, TTC in Texas. But he would go, he would put me in his car and take me to Vanderbilt and enroll me in the courses at state rates 
so uh, until the courses that I needed were developed on campus at TSU. So you were a trailblazer too, huh? I, Well, I, I was, you know, it was just a great experience. It was a great experience. Yeah. And I thought then, because, you know, you see deans and they're sort of um, sitting on a throne and you think, that's the kind of dean I want to be. But I, so that's what went through your mind, huh? So you were already... So personable. Yeah. And he'd say, well, we don't have the course you need. And he'd go over and negotiate with, with Vanderbilt. Isn't that fantastic? It is. There's nothing is. worse than, I'm um, sorry, we don't have that. Right. And that's where the conversation uh -huh. stops. Exactly. You know, how about, we don't have that. Yeah. But since you want it, we're going to figure right. out a way we're to make it happen. We're going to partner with another institution. Yeah. But, I, you know, I owe a lot of my success uh, in higher ed because I came back in 1985 to MTSU to Jan Hayes again. Mm -hmm. I see a theme here. Oh, yeah. We maintain <laughs> contact whenever I needed answers or assistance and support with accreditation in Georgia, um, I would always contact her and she'd walk me through the standards and the elements related to the standards and it was always a win-win. But Dr. Ralph White, who was the department chair in ed leadership, contacted me through the influence of Jan Hayes 13 years after graduating undergrad at MTSU. And when he called the principal's office in DeKalb County, he, the principal came to my classroom and said, there's a Dr. White on the phone who wants to speak to you. And I immediately thought, Dr. White, is my mom ill? And when I ran to the phone, his, and he's, he, he was a gentle giant. He was always tough but tender. Yeah. And he said, this is Ralph White from MTSU. I said, oh, Dr. White. Thank goodness my mom is not sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And he said, I understand you always wanted to be in higher ed. I've got an offer for you that you cannot refuse. And uh, I talked it this over. This is right about the time the Godfathers come out, so it wasn't <laughs> wasn't anything like that, right? <laughs> but it was an opportunity to return back to my alma mater and and take a teaching position. And that's when we started in '85 the developmental and remedial classes. Mm -hmm. So they were assigned to different departments. And the study skills component was assigned to Ed Leadership Department. Okay. And that's how I was able to come Teaching back. someone how to learn. Yes. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh -huh. Very good. And so um, you teach at MTSU. Yes. And, it, and I guess you kind of work your way up Amazing the, the ladder. Amazing mentors. Amazing mentors. Mm -hmm. And I just started observing all of the great qualities of strong faculty. What were the um, skills that they demonstrated in the classroom? Because, you know, university faculty are evaluated uh, in three areas. Quality teaching, community service, and research or creative activities. Sure. So, um, I always kept my annual evaluation instrument 
right there on the wall. Here are the things I'm going to be evaluated by um, every year. And I kept that focus. If I'm going to be evaluated high, I've got to make sure that it's a part of my vision every day. They told you the puzzle pieces, you just had to put them together. Yes, put them together. Yeah. But I also um, took the initiative to observe great faculty members like Bob Bullen mm -hmm. in, in the foundation classes. Uh, and Terry Weeks and I were new. We were new and we would sit and talk for hours and strategize. How are we going to teach this concept? What, are we, what examples are we going to use based upon our experience in the classroom? Uh, and uh, we just were able to figure it out by observing great models like Jan Hayes, Race Bergman, uh, Mary Tom Berry. They were just outstanding faculty everywhere. I mean, really, isn't that what teaching is all about, is modeling, modeling the behavior? Modeling those great and, behaviors. And, and, and then you can turn around and model them to the yes, next generation yes, and so on. Yeah, and they were open to have uh, to allow us to sit in their classrooms oh, wow. as they were teaching. And then once... That's uh, a big deal, because... I, I, I know even when I was being observed, I was uh -huh. a little apprehensive about uh -huh. it and, you know, a little uh -huh. uptight and, yeah. you know, to have that comfort level and to, to be confident. I know. Um, but they were so good at what they did. Sure. They were so good at what they did. And they just took us under their wings. You know, that's what it's all about when, when you think about it at the end of the day. How can you help one another be better? at whatever it is we do. I love that. Mm -hmm. So let's 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 jump ahead. Okay. Okay. So first of all, I got to ask this question. Okay. How many students have you taught, do you think? I have just no, just rough estimate. Oh, I, I have no idea. Tens of thousands? <laughs> it's got to be, right? It, it's it's in the thousands. It's in the thousands. And that's not even the ones that you've helped after you got out of the classroom necessarily to get into the classroom. I know, and I still help them. Uh, even now in retirement, here's what I do. I, kids and their parents through the barbershops, the hair salon, through the hospitals, through my colleagues in organizations, they have their students to contact me because they're Kids still need support in navigating the post-secondary experience. No doubt. It's, it can be very intimidating. Mm -hmm. And I was there in that environment for 32 years as an employee. You might know a little bit about it. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the beauty. Even on campus at Motlow, not just MTSU, when people see me coming with the kids, they know I need their help. Yeah. And they'll do it. They just stop what they're doing to help me. But let's be really honest about that, Dr. Bonner. Uh -huh. The fact of the matter is you have helped so many people and done it with a smile. Yes. And done yes. it because you genuinely love helping people. Right. That anybody that is unwilling to help you is just a bad human being i mean it, it really is that simple if you if you turn dr bonner away it's because there's something wrong with with them not with you that's they've got an issue 
that they need to seek counseling and get worked out. And here's another fact. They're all in the positions that that can help me now. Right. They're all in admission. That's right. They're all in financial aid. Yeah. They're all in academics. You should start charging for that. You could you could be one heck of a door opener for people, you know? So let's let's talk organizations for a minute. Yes. Yeah. Because I know you're involved in several. Oh yes. And you know, so let's let's kind of go through a list. What all are you involved in now? No, I cannot name them all. But what I am just having them all. I'm, I serve on boards. Mm-hmm. Okay. And these boards are service oriented boards. Sure. So it's all about giving back now. Mm-hmm. And building the community. Yes, and access, making opportunities, creating opportunities for people to have access to quality of life experiences. Sure. So I'm on the Center for the Arts board Mm -hmm. and we just had a phenomenal program uh, production of The Wiz. It, It has taken me like 10 years to get The Wiz here. Yeah. And it was a sellout every show. Oh yeah. In fact uh, I mean, that's a long. that's a pretty tough oh oh yeah play. I mean, yes. with the with the singing and the oh, wow. extreme dance. I mean, it's yes. it's a yeah. that's and a the big creativity production. was phenomenal there. The yeah. creativity. So I I just had to ease on down. Start in my head, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but we have all these great productions because my daughter is a professional actress mm-hmm. and. When I taught in elementary school, I had this belief. Every student that I work with at the elementary school level should have an opportunity to perform at least once that year. So it didn't matter whether they were in an acting role or if they were the narrator or if they prepared the props for the play. It's just every... Everybody should have an opportunity to shine, mm-hmm. and uh, even in DeKalb County, with uh, I taught an interesting group. They were seventh and eighth grade combined, so it was in Avondale Estates community. So you had kids from very uh, affluent professional homes, and they bust in minority kids from Scottsdale, from uh, marginal communities, underrepresented, um, underserved populations. And the only thing that I could determine that would work to put them together where socioeconomic did not matter was uh, through performance. Because you can be a character. You can become something without having to be judged. And then it's a it's a camaraderie thing, right? Yes. This production exactly. was awesome because of it everybody. broke down the barriers. It yeah. broke down it's the, the same, barriers. It's the same concept as integrating military, yes. sports teams, because we all I have know. a common goal. I know. Yeah. I know. And you're you're working together as a team. Yeah. And the parents and because we I then instituted because they were old enough dinner theater. Nice. In the cafeteria. Yeah. Because the stage is always in the cafeteria. Yeah, yeah. And the parents were so impressed by that. They rallied around that concept so that they could continue 
that concept in high school. And uh, that's how we started the drama program in high school level. That's awesome. Uh -huh. Yes. That's awesome. Uh -huh. So the Center for the Arts, I'm on the St. Thomas Board of Directors mm -hmm. uh, with the hospital here, and I'm learning so much. I'm learning so much about service and helping people who need access to quality health care. Sure. I'm on the Parks and Rec Commission. That is such an honor because we grew up, we were raised up in a community where athletics was important. My mom and dad had five children, so that was our entertainment. We didn't go on a lot of vacations, right. but we went to all this, the nearby parks and we loaded up that car like the Griswolds. <laughs> we had swim gear, tennis rackets, badminton, <laughs> the baseball, the softball, the bats, and we would spend the whole day in the parks. That's fantastic. In all of those great parks. It is interesting yes. that, you know, that is a, a, a hot topic these mm -hmm. days here in Murfreesboro, mm -hmm. uh, access to parks and rec and, yes. and things like that. Uh -huh. and, and I think that it's easy to sit back and go, oh, we don't have money, but you know, mm -hmm. and, and, it, and, and that's a simple answer, but it really does mean more oh, wow. than just spending yes. money yes. on those facilities. Yes, because see now for our family of five children, the great memories we, we treasure mm -hmm. with those days. Mm -hmm. And it connects you to the community. It really does. Sure. It really does. That's that. That's it. That's that deep root. Exactly. One of them. Exactly. Yeah. I'm on the Journey Homes Board, so affordable housing, access to affordable housing mm -hmm. is really very important. I serve on the Greenhouse Ministries Capital Campaign mm -hmm. because we've got this great project. Uh, there's a model that we're working on and we're trying to raise six million dollars. We're almost there, so we're wow. excited about that in the community where my mother and dad uh, grew up. It was called Simmons Alley then, but we, we have this project where we're going to develop a community with 17 units for males and helping to give them a boost in life and training them how they can become productive citizens. Outstanding. Yes, yes. So the others I can't remember because... Well, you got an event coming up. <laughs> We've got an event coming up. Let's talk up. about yes, that. Yes, yes. We need to hear that story. All right. Oh, wow. What, what a journey. What a journey. I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2012. And it was treated with uh, a lumpectomy and radiation. Great medical team at the time. So let's fast forward 2014. I was diagnosed with a cancerous polyp in my intestines. So I had to have surgery for that. And then in, uh, I retired March 1, 2017 from MTSU after 32 years. I retired as assistant to the president. So July 21 of 2017, my dear friend, Dr. Wayne Westmoreland, my surgeon, diagnosed me with breast cancer. And he said, Gloria, it's aggressive and it's invasive. So there was no other choice but to go ahead 
and attacked it head on and on August 29, 2017, I went into surgery for a double mastectomy and immediately following that chemo treatment. Mm -hmm. So this year, two years later, I am the honoree for the Wine Around the Square initiative and I've had a ball. I've had a ball. Here, here. Cheers. Because <laughs> uh, it has been a life-altering experience, but also it gave me a second chance at life. Second chance. And it's so, it's so easy. I've, I've had so many friends that have faced, you know, similar or yes. dissimilar, but, but kind of the, you know, relatable at mm -hmm. least and you know some have lost their battle right. um, some have have won it but just the the toll that it takes on you physically obviously physically but mm -hmm. emotionally and mentally yes. and it's yes. just and it's not just to the individual no it has an impact on the family it's ripples and your community yeah. yes exactly so what I do now is because every day through that season in my life, it was unpredictable. The surgery, I did not know what to expect. I did not know um, how to accept um, the challenges of, uh, during that, that journey because once you come out of surgery, you have these tubes connected to your duct glands and you think, oh my, because usually surgery, you're stitched, but you it's not, that much maintenance required. Mm -hmm. This required a lot of maintenance. So it required my daughter to put her career on hold for two months wow. with all the auditions and, and just everything. Relocate back to Murfreesboro. My husband, who had retired from DeKalb County, uh, also, uh, although he was working at MTSU, it was a big challenge because he was working full-time as a coach. And I'm just grateful that the two of them made my recovery their priority. But, and because I was too weak to, to do anything. And when you're going through it, you're just praying for God's strength. Just get me through the next moment or the next day. And that within itself is a miracle because you're just so weak. So there, there was this eight month period of time where I had to depend on so many people. And can you imagine the students who contacted me from everywhere? Do you need me to come to take care of you? Yeah, let me <laughs> cut your grass. Let me, right. Yes. What is it that you can eat? Because if, if we can get it, we will bring it to you. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it, it's just been an amazing journey. And here's what I do now. People who are diagnosed, especially young females, I'm working with a 27-year-old now who is going through that, that season in life. I'm also working with a 33-year-old who is a mother of three. She has a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and an 18-month. It's just not right, yes. is it? And she was diagnosed with a triple negative BRCA gene, and that's very aggressive. 
but at 33. So what I do is help them to navigate the journey on a daily basis, contact them. Now the 33-year-old just had her first dose of chemo yesterday. So I'm 24-7, whatever it is that I need to do. That's what I'm, um, I'm willing to do. Today. Well, it's no wonder you're being honored. So when is the Wine Around the Square? Wine Around the Square. We had the Power of Pink Luncheon last week. And I want to thank Dr. Sidney McPhee, my dear friend, and his wife. Um, what a Liz I, I remember when he was hired. So <laughs> when I started at MTSU, yes. uh, Dr. Walker was still the president. Right. And um, and you know he he moved to Southern Illinois. Illinois University. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh -huh. Illinois. Yes. And uh, then they named the library after him. Dr. Oh, McPhee yes. comes in. Uh -huh. And you know, Dr. McPhee's an interesting fella. I mean, he's oh, phenomenal. He's, he's this. I mean, if you just look, he's this small guy. He's always got a smile on his face. He's loud. He's got a funny accent. And he is flipping brilliant. I mean, he really is just oh, brilliant. Yeah. And what he's done for our university, it, I mean... We celebrate his genius. We oh, my god! We celebrate his genius. What a, what a guy. And doesn't he make... Make it look easy. He does, and he do, he looks. He makes it look fun. He, does. he is having a good time. He does, and to have the honor to serve on his cabinet, oh, I bet. and observe this on a daily basis, it it you know nothing compares to that. Because it, you think that oh, yeah. you think that when he's in public, he's putting on a show, right? But that's, he's not, is that's he? Who he is. It, it really is who, is who he is. And I had, I've had that opportunity all throughout my life. Even when I was in training as a dean, I got to work with Bob Aker, who is Dean Extraordinaire. Mm -hmm. And to have the honor of, to work with individuals like Bob Aker and Sidney McPhee, Jim Walker mm -hmm. also. And unfortunately, we lost Jim Walker mm -hmm. at age 66 in mm -hmm. 2008 to prostate cancer. Yeah, mm -hmm. I remember that. So cancer is real. Oh, very much it's so. It's real, and it's devastating. It is, mm -hmm. and it's it's inexplicable. I mean, right. you, you look at certain situations. Mm -hmm. um, I have a dear friend that passed about two, a little over two years ago. And you look at it and you just scratch your head like, why him? Exactly. You know, why? I lost my dear friend in 2015. She was diagnosed in stage four mm -hmm. with breast cancer. Um, it was in January of 15. And March of that same year, she was born. And, and I hate to say it this way, but, you know, you look at other people and you're like, it, it really shouldn't have been him. It should have... Right. You know, not well, that you, you would wish it on anybody, right. but but I, still, yes. why why exactly. why that person? Exactly, and I thought about that too when I received my diagnosis, and I, because my mom is still living, I would not want her to have to go through that. I my two sisters are still living, and I have a daughter. I did not want them to have to have that experience, but fortunately, as I work with the young people now. My job is to help them to understand that cancer doesn't have to be terminal. Right. And when you have the right team working with you, 
and you do all the things that you're supposed to do at, with the right support system and a lot of help from the Holy Spirit, we can get through it. We yeah. can do it. And, you know, I, I heard, a, heard a guy one time, and I can't remember who it was, but, you know, the, the whole question, why me, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and you, you were sort of brushing around this, why not you? Exactly. You know, if it is you, then what are you going to do about it? That's right. It's not your fault, but now That's it's your right. responsibility. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Let's make this a win-win. Yeah. Let's make it a win-win. So, all right. So, when's the the wine around, the, around square? the square? Is sep Saturday, September twenty-one. Okay. And I'm just honored to think uh, think about this. They're going to shut down the whole downtown. And everybody's going to gonna raise a glass. Me. Everybody's going to raise a glass. <laughs> uh, and it's going to be the good stuff, too, oh, I bet. Oh, and it's just, it really is designed to raise funds for individuals who cannot afford the, the treatment uh, or the luxury of a mammogram, even, mm -hmm. or transportation back and forth to the chemo center mm -hmm. for treatments. So it's or, the practical stuff. Yeah, prescriptions. Sure. You know, the prescriptions oh word. So are very expensive. So it's designed to help out. And I just salute Patty Marshall for having the vision to make this Where do we get tickets? You can get tickets through St. Thomas Hospital. They have a wonderful website. Okay. And also, I'm featured in the VIP magazine. Uh, As you should. Carrie VIP Beth. is a very important person. Carrie so. Beth is my former education student. <laughs> I just love her. And she gives the best hugs. <laughs> and she's the editor. And she did an amazing job. So well there's deserved. a wonderful, wonderful article there with the contact information okay. listed Great. as well. Well, and we'll post uh, we'll post the website in the comments okay. on this as well. Wonderful, so, thank um, you. Yes, ma'am. And let me say to you, I am so proud of you and all that you do because you are uh, you epit you epitomize the uh, essence of what it means to be a contributing student and and citizen. Thank you. We're always learning, aren't we? We are, mm -hmm. always. And it, when you stop, that's when that's you when die. you're in trouble. That's when that's you right. die. Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. I, I agree 100%. <laughs> well, and I have managed to somehow, by the grace of God, by sheer luck, whatever it is. Uh, it's God's grace. It has to be. Um, <laughs> to surround myself. My, my team is amazing. Yes. And, uh, and, and they enable... Uh, each member of the team enables the other members of the team mm -hmm. to focus on what they're good at right. and to capitalize um, for the, for, you know, not to get too altruistic, but to, mm -hmm. to really enable us to go and, right. and do the work. Well, that's the thing. That's a quality I learned from Bob Aker is give people the, the room to develop their strength. That's right. Yes. That's right. Uh -huh. And you know, it's interesting. There's a there's this whole perspective about uh, it, it within education and corporate training and things like that um, about do you develop your weaknesses? Do you try to compensate by developing your weaknesses? And and now, kind of the the more um, accepted practice is no. Right. 
you outsource your weaknesses exactly and then you develop uh-huh. your strengths so that you become yes. phenomenal uh-huh. at yes. one thing uh-huh. it's a strength-based model yeah and it's it so much better it works uh-huh. you know I will never have good handwriting ever I don't care how much I practice it I don't care how much you teach me it's just not gonna happen so if I need to write something beautiful uh-huh. I have Taylor for that you know and, and I mean that's a small silly that, example that penmanship but is important though. it is yes. and I just don't have it uh-huh. and it's it's just not gonna happen dr. Bonner and that's okay <laughs> and that's okay <laughs> just I've learned so many valuable lessons about life through other people mm-hmm. and it begins with accepting uh, your weaknesses because see that's a strength when you know what they are that's right and, and then you can outsource them exactly right? acknowledgement that's right the old GI Joe cartoon was and knowing is half the battle <laughs> this is true yeah. so Dr. Bonner, this has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, wow. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being so thoughtful and gracious to me. You always are every time I see you. So I just want you to know how much I love well, you. And I'm just, I just think the best is yet to come. It is. For Jonathan Herman. And for Dr. Bonner. So <laughs> oh, I, don't, yes. I don't know if you know, that. I, I'll have to tell you this. I'll show you in a second. Okay. But we always put hashtags on uh-huh. this, right? And, uh, and I hashtagged you, Living Legend, just so oh, you know. Oh, wow. Yep. So there's only two people that I've interviewed that have gotten that hashtag. It's you and uh, John Hood. Oh. So you are in excellent oh, my, company there. A good company. Yes, and ma'am. And I've had the honor to work with our former state representative, John Hood. What a statesman, huh? He is. He yeah. is. Yeah. Quintessential good. statesman. Good guy. Yes. So, all right, so we'll put the tags in there for uh, the wine around the square. Okay, and, thank um, you. And other Great than that, timing. Yeah, perfect uh-huh. timing. And the weather's going to be perfect. And I don't think there's an MTSU home game, so we're not competing. That's right. Outstanding. That's right. Now we're also celebrating True Blue Weekend soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Friday before the first home game against TSU. TSU. That is. So it's September sixth. That's around next week, the square. right? Square. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. That's the Main Street organization. I'm on the board of directors with Main Street. Right. So that's that's our. I'm pumped about the TSU game. It's a partnership with MTSU. So thanks to Andrew Ottman in marketing and communication, we'll have the cheerleaders there. Lightning will be there, and our athletic director will give us a pep talk. I love it. I can't wait. Go blue. Okay, go blue. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Bonner. <laughs> thank I appreciate you. you very much. Okay.